tell your friends, the Mark and Max Show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm, it's the Mark and Max Show. How you doing, Marky Mark? I'm good, sir. How are you? Loving it. Loving it. Got to be a big thank you to everybody who's now joining us. Yeah. Uh, Life Radio has exploded in the last two weeks. Ever since Mark went to Disney, which goes to show you. <laughs> I left town. <laughs> you must, No, you put those. You've been dropping the, the, our little, our, our, what do you call it, coasters. Yeah. Our little sticker coasters are everywhere now. <laughs> because I, I'm looking at this every day going, wow, good for <laughs> Yay, you know. All right, so. Coming up on the program today, uh, interesting kidnapping last week in uh, Colorado slash Wyoming. I'll tell you about that with okay. Bloomberg because it was, yeah, it was one of these things you look at and go, what? You know, mm-hmm. um, but beyond all that, um, it is the Mark and Mac show. It is February 7th, just mm-hmm. to let you know that we yeah. are here in the day. And Mark, I officially got used to cold weather. Did you? This morning, going out the door, yeah. it didn't blow me back in like Nanook of the Norton needed to get redressed, you know? And it's yeah. still cold, so there it you go. Still, it is still cold. When you get used to the 20s, and then it's the yeah. low 30s, and it feels fine. Yep. <laughs> What's Isn't wrong? Isn't it amazing? <laughs> Isn't that amazing how quick it can happen, though? It is, yeah. Because I'm telling you, last week, I was outside with Braylon, and it was like 37, okay? Yeah. And I thought, oh, man, this is cold. This morning, I'm out there at 31. I didn't even have a heavy coat on. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah, like last, like last Friday, we were walking around downtown. We used to be downtown Disney. It's Disney Springs. It's 48. It's breezy. We're freezing. We're keeping Starbucks in business to stay warm, you know. And and in the last week, it's been in the 30s during the daytime. I'm walking around outside in a T-shirt, letting the dog out. Okay, come on. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Yay! Yay! (laughs) LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, cruising along, singing the song side by side. Yay! (laughs) Ah, thank you very much, Mark. A very, very uh, quick heads up to um, a friend of mine, Cheryl McCollum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cheryl is a brilliant law enforcement professional in Atlanta, and uh, met her through the uh, Nancy Show years ago. And this is what she posted last night, okay? Okay. If I was not already a fan of Jeff Foxworthy, tonight was was, uh, sealed the deal. (laughs) Working security for the show, I watched the audience. About three quarters into the show, there were several shouts from the balcony. With numerous people shouting at once, I could not make out what they were saying, but knew they weren't heckling Foxworthy. Suddenly, I heard medical, and I radioed for our in-house EMT to respond to the balcony. Jeff Foxworthy now heard them and stopped the show. He literally asked for any doctors in the house to go to the balcony. It was very moving to see at least 30 people get up from their seats and run toward the balcony. Jeff Foxworthy then Jeff Foxworthy then knelt down on the stage and prayed for the man wow. that needed help and for each and every doctor, nurse, and EMT responding. Wow. Grady Ambulance arrived quickly. And last word was the man was up and alert and talking. Amen. After the show, he thanked all of us and asked about the man. Jeff Foxworthy, Jeff Foxworthy was hilarious tonight, but he was even more kind and compassionate. Wow. Stopped and prayed for everybody. Mm. You know, that's not one of those trite little things you just quote, you know, like when yeah. you say grace yeah. at the dinner table. Yeah. When you when you pray for the doctors, you know, and the, the responding, you're praying for everybody. That's a guy whose prayer life is pretty full. 
Yeah. Because you wouldn't do that otherwise. That's true. How cool. That's a guy who knows that prayer works. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so you get an emergency at the uh, show and boom. I just, you know, we never know, Mark. We go out and we don't, the guy goes out for a night to see Jeff Foxworthy of all people. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a pretty good night. You know, you're a going to have fun. B going to laugh. C you're going to be able to escape the rat race for a little while. Yeah. And you end up having a medical issue. Oh my word. Yeah. You know, Mm. my mom always used to say, Dave, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, what would I do? If Jesus came back right this minute, would I be happy, sad, proud, embarrassed? Mm. There you go. Yeah. liferadio.fm the market mac show and you know we were talking on and off the air about your disney excursion mainly because Mm. it's fascinating to me uh how disney is celebrating the is it the 50th in orlando is yeah okay and that goes on for what five years (laughs) i mean are we gonna months yeah okay it goes a long time it's a (laughs) long time to celebrate an anniversary wouldn't you do that i would think when i said when i saw that they were doing it for 18 months i thought I understand a year. Why 18 yeah. months? You know, I, you know, there's because they can mark. That's why it's the old Mel Brooks from Spaceballs things. The search for more money, you know, yeah, there you that's, go. that's well, what it is. They've got that yeah. when you can actually have the deadest week of the year, you know, yeah. and make it into the most explosive you win. So yeah. Disney wins. Uh, I've uh, talked to but, a handful of people who said, who said it was that way in January. It's always <laughs> dead in January. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah so, it was. I was thinking we were looking at this in all honesty and, and I've, I've told you this off the air, but you know, we're trying to create a surprise opportunity to go to, right. to take Hannah and Braylon. And it's like looking at the calendar going, well, wait a minute. So that week that you went mm-hmm. was, was, be- well, then when do we go? You know, it's like, <laughs> that was the one out I had planning ahead for next January. It's like, well, <laughs> in I'm sep- guessing September no. of next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, probably not now. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking, well, what if I buy the, the little hat and I just take them to six flags, you know, will that, work? <laughs> that, that might work. And it would be a shorter day. Only you'd be a wreck afterwards because he'd want to ride every roller coaster. And after the first one, you'd be in the car. I mean, <laughs> Life Radio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And hey, man, we were talking, you know, Disney on and off the air. Mm-hmm. And Mark got back from Disney and uh, Orlando. And like I said, interesting time. And I encourage you to reach out if you're planning a trip, you know, on something like that, do reach out. But oh, I, yeah. to somebody who has gone multiple times, because there is a lot there. But again, this is not a plug for Disney. Right. Um, but I made a joke about, well, I'll just take them to Six Flags, put the hat on. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, and I used to say this to people, if you've only been to Six Flags, that's your only frame of reference. Okay. Yeah. When we, when we talk about Disney, um, you don't know what Disney is. No. And I will, it is just way different. It and, is. Uh, and it, again, it's not just rides and waiting in line. There is a whole thing. <clears throat> and I just remember, and, and it kind of goes to the essence of what Disney can be. And it's when, um, they, we did our show and they moved us, you know, gave us what, what show, what, what ride do you want to go on? And it was yeah mission Mars or whatever. Yeah. yeah mission space. Yeah. Yeah. And, Oh, what a ride. It was, it was before they toned it down because people were dying <laughs> yeah. and it was awesome. Okay. But because it, we got the rock star treatment, which was really cool. Got to be honest. Yeah, it was. Um, 
we we walked the line the park had just opened and the line was already two hours long or whatever and they uh-huh. walked us around all of it and put us on the thing and it was cool and of course we were all sick the rest of the day but <laughs> you know the thing is is that because we didn't wait in line you know we went bypassed all that we missed out on a third of the mm. impact of the ride yeah we really because did. while you're in line you are getting information about in, that ride in particular about your trip and what you're going to do it it really brings you into it yeah and we didn't get that i got it when i went back later with the fam and i'm like wow this is so much better than just skipping all this yeah now granted i like the idea of not waiting two hours but right, yeah you know anyway it's just a a very cool thing. If you're planning a family thing, I will tell you first, reach out to somebody who's been there mm-hmm. to get their feedback and, you know, make a plan of it, but go have fun. I, yeah. you know, they're just, kids are only small once and, uh, yeah. the, all the old, I, I never understood old people going to Disney. I do now, but you know, you don't have to go with just kids, but boy, you, you know, you want to wait till they're old enough. Don't take a little one. You know, don't oh, take yeah. a three-year-old. You, they've got a kitty park everywhere. You know, you that's, don't need to take them to Disney. That's true. Face face the facts. If you're taking your two-year-old or your three-year-old, you're going for you. You know, yeah. and that's just save oh. save the money and wait till they're you, old enough to under because they, they do have. <clears throat> you're going to want to enjoy rides, yeah. and even though they have child swap set up so that one of you can ride and then the other one you can ride, and they help yeah. you bump the line to do that. Uh-huh. They. You want them to, you want your kids to enjoy everything about it. So wait till they're, you know, wait till they're at least 40 inches tall, you know, yeah. and th- that way they can get on almost all the rides. Put the money aside for yeah. them and, until they can contribute, then yeah. take them. But talking about them, uh, setting the, st- the, uh, the, the mood and, and making sure that you are completely inside their own little, their own little universe, this, the bubble, um, they, the mission space is one good example where you're walking past the huge, not huge mongus rotating space station thing. And, and all the other things that you're walking by, it really, it really separates you from the rest of the universe. And you're just, and then you're on a mission to space. You know, you, you really are. They go so far as to make sure the buildings are the right heights and that things like that. When you walk in like the magic kingdom and you're in the, you're in town square, uh, of main street USA, there's a building to the right. that's like a big, it's a big theater building. And it's like two, three stories tall, and it's a little bit out of character. It's a little taller than everything else. And the reason it's a little taller than everything else is it's hiding the Contemporary Hotel. So you don't see the Contemporary Hotel from Main Street, USA. The Contemporary is this 70s postmodernish-looking building. And if you see that from Main Street, USA, which is kind of like an 1890s setting, it destroys the the whole setting. And they made the building tall enough to hide something behind it so that, so that you are inside that bubble at all times. And what you don't realize is just to the left of that building, there's a double gate where they pull floats and things in and out for parades and such. There's a parking lot right there. <laughs> I've been back there. I've seen that parking lot. But you're never going to know it's there while you're in the park because they hide those things so that you are completely immersed in in the atmosphere they want you to have. And that's the difference. You don't get that at Six Flags or any other park like that. You're going to ride roller coasters, right? But at Disney, you're going in and having an experience. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And we were talking on and off air about just different things. Mark goes, you know, we never plug our Facebook page. 
Yeah. Like, well, we don't do the podcast either. And <laughs> until, until we talk about it, say, hey, did you mention the podcast? I know. Oh, yeah, so I'll, I'll say something like, our, yeah, I'm working on the podcast. How do I find Facebook page, man? Uh, the page, the fa- it's facebook.com slash markandmac, M-A-R-K-A-N-D-M-A-C-K. Mark and Mac. Okay. And uh, it's it's that easy, just Facebook.com slash Mark and Mac. And if, you, if you're planning a Disney trip, like we were talking about spell before, out the end? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, it's M-A-R-K-A-N-D-M-A-C-K. No spaces. Any show? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you're planning a Disney trip, feel free. Go over to our Facebook page and say, hey, I- I'm planning a Disney trip. Uh, can you tell me what about this? And I'll be glad to chime in and help you. And if I don't know where to send, if I don't know the answer, I'll try to point you to where you can find the answer because trust me, I've, I have subscribed to all the YouTube channels. I have, <laughs> I have, I have been to all the tip pages. I know, Man. I know places to go to get answers. So feel free. It's, all right. It's facebook.com slash Mark and Mac and, uh, ask away. We'll be glad. And the answer. daily podcast, right wherever your podcast, by the way, Joe yeah. Rogan, uh, still oh, catching grief yes, the uh, at uh, Podcast Central. You know, it's, uh, I, yeah. I will tell you, Mark. The the one thing that really bothers me about the uh, the world we live in and the world we pretend to live in is um, if you're on one side of the aisle, whatever you say uh, gets a pass uh, because it was in the past. But if you're on the other side of the aisle, anything you have said since the day you burped your first thing coming out of mama Mm. then you're held accountable for it and they act they being the powers that be the leftist whatever you want to call it and they actually are so bold about this Mm. that when you call them out on it they either ignore you or justify it yeah so joe rogan being called out look joe rogan a is a stand-up comedian right b he's uh made a big deal out of uh the the fighting with where you kick you know the ultimate fighting stuff and uh, and a podcast host where anything's on the table. I mean, they do shows where they get drunk while yeah. they, you know, it's yeah. part of the show. Yes. And so Joe Rogan has been very bold in talking about COVID-19 and, you know, what it is or isn't. And he's caught grief for that because mm-hmm. he isn't toting the Democrat party line, right. which is so sad that a medical issue is politicized like this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and now that's now, not working, right? And so they've they're playing the race. Well, wait card. a minute, Neil Young. You got to remember Neil oh, Young. Yeah, Neil you Young, know yeah. he pulled off, and and that. But anybody who was in the flower power hippie movement in the '60s and early '70s who hasn't been relevant in entertainment in the last forty years, and I mean that forty years. The last time Neil Young was relevant was when David Geffen sued him in the early '80s because his music stunk, and Geffen actually said, "I paid you this money to produce good music that would sell, and you're putting out junk. It doesn't even sound like Neil Young. That's who Neil Young is." Okay, that's right. So I hope Neil Young will remember that a Southern man don't need him around anyhow. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, well, well, now that that whole all that stuff is not sticking, people are just like, "Well, it's his opinion, right?" And so that's not really working. It's not accomplishing the goal. So now they're playing the race card and they're going back and they're digging up stuff that he has said over the years on his podcast. And someone has made a compilation edited, edited very uh, selectively Mm -hmm. for maximum negative impact. Mm -hmm. The most, the most negative impact possible. And they're making accusations about him. And he has said, yeah, I said those things. I was, I was quoting other people. Most of the time you've taken all that stuff out of context. So people don't see what's actually happening. Right. And I'm thinking, 
wait till they get a hold of Howard Stern. Because, yeah. you know, but they won't because Howard no. Stern is kissing the, um, um, yeah. hang on, let what? me hold on a second. Yeah. He's kissing the woke ring. Right. And he is is he's he's attacking Joe Rogan too, and as long as he does that, they'll leave him alone. But Howard Stern, right. wow! Yeah. You show me any stand-up comic, currently performing stand-up comic, who is really really big, who at some point in their career has not done exactly what Joe Rogan has done. Yeah. And I I challenge you to find one that's currently, except for somebody like Jeff Foxworthy, because he's yeah. I don't think he's ever well, gone that way. You know, I don't know. or you know what, Mark, you might be surprised. Because you get a live mic on stage, you're trying to be funny, and you're young, and you're reaching for something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, there, anything's I know. possible. I know. Anything, yeah. anywhere, anytime is possible. Yep. The bottom line is they're attacking him be not because of anything in his past. Right. They're doing it to damage him today because right. he is going against what these people have done to mm -hmm. the world to destroy True. the economies of the world. And nobody wants, you know, nobody. I'm saying that in the very wrong way. Because a lot of us have opened our eyes and mm -hmm. say there are evil people running amok. And if you even have an open discussion about this stuff, mm. you're going to be on the wrong side of the line. That's and true. That's what's happening. So the uh, people at Spotify actually had to send out a memo to its staff. And uh, the uh, uh, the chief executive, Daniel Eck, is that his name? I, Eck, I think it's Eck, Eck, yeah. And there are wor no words I can uh, see. Uh, um... Okay, this was a memo to the staff at Spotify. There are no words I can say adequately to convey how deeply sorry I am for the way the Joe Rogan experience controversy continues to impact each of you. I think it's important you're aware that we've had conversations with Joe and his team about some of the content on his show, including his history of using some racially insensitive language. Following these discussions and his own reflections, he chose to remove a number of episodes from Spotify. Yeah. He also issued his own apology over the weekend. While I strongly condemn what Joe has said, and I agree with his decision to remove past episodes from our platform, I realize some will want more. And I want to make one point very clear. I do not believe that silencing Joe is the answer. There's your answer right there. Mm -hmm. It's, at a point where you either stand up and say enough's enough or you cave. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, if you cave, you will never be able to stand up no, again. No, no, they don't want your apologies. They want your, they want your subservience. They don't want your apology. Megan Kelly posted this over the weekend. The Rogan controversy isn't about whether he said racist things or pushed COVID misinfo. It's about the woke left's piety. One must adhere to all of their worldview or be destroyed. The comments are just the excuse. Anyone who doesn't share their zealotry will be targeted. And that's what's going on. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And uh, man, Mark, we are a couple of days away from the Super Bowl. Woo! And the Olympics are underway. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find any of them because I was too caught up <laughs> in the, the whole thing about Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. And you know, it's just funny how it's like you look at the headlines for stuff and, you know, the winter, the Olympics are going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are. And uh, they are in China. And I don't hear anybody yakking about it, man. No, no. 
me either. Okay, it's not see, just me then. You no, know, I see a lot of a lot of push. Like NBC's pushing yeah. it really hard because they're covering it. And right, but I I don't see anybody on social media talking about. Yeah. And did you see so and so? It was right. awesome. Not this time. But you know, you know what I think did it, and I really don't think I'm the only person. Okay, but when I was a kid, you know, I thought the Olympics every four years was really cool. An Olympic year really meant something. You know, you had mm. the Winter Olympics and then the Summer Olympics in the same year, and it was like you could wrap your mind around it being, you know, the Olympic year. Right. And, um, but when they divided, when they started going every two years, you have, you know, winter games or summer games. Right. It lost it for me because it's like, there is no one full year, you know, of all Olympics. It's anyway, that, you know, like we had, it was it 76. We had Innsbruck, Austria for the winter Olympics, Montreal, I think for the summer, I just think about Franz Kilmer and, uh, um, and Wheaties boy who became a girl. Oh, um, Bruce Jenner. Still a boy. Thank you, Bruce Jenner. And uh, call me Kate. I remember that, you know, 76 year and, and it, Franz, Klein, whatever that guy's name was, you know, I just, I I don't like that it's divided up that way now. I like it where we had just one year and it was always ex- exciting. But now I look at him like, are we, were we just in China not that long ago for the Olympics? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, we were. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah. I, I think a so lot it ain't of, just me, right? No, it's not just you. I think a lot of people are, yeah. I don't know that that is the reason because I think our society, I, I think the attention span of our society is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And I think it's one reason they do things like that is that they, well, Bill, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the, but the, uh, the thing is that there's so much wrong with China. You know, and people, I think, I think when, when, when Trump was, when Trump was in office and he kept pointing out what China has been doing to us and people, yeah. people, you know, it's kind of, the, it's, it's like, yeah, you hear about these things, but you don't really think about them because yeah, I don't want to waste a lot of time thinking about that. I just want to get on yeah. with my life. And then somebody starts pointing it out and you start thinking about it and you start seeing it in the news and you start realizing, yeah, these people really are bad characters. You don't want to have anything to do with them. And now they're hosting the Olympics and you're mad. (laughs) Right. So you're not going to pay attention to what's going on there because there you go. They're, they're oppressing people (laughs) or hurting people. They've got like a million people in in detainment camps because of their religion. And you and I may disagree with their particular religion, but still that the same would be true for you or I, if we were there and we held fast to our religion, we'd be in a, in some sort of a a detainment camp, you know? And, And that's, you just, the way they treat people is just wrong. And so everybody's waking up to it and they just, you know, we shouldn't be involved and I'm not watching it on TV, you know? <laughs> Liferadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show and uh, good to have you along for the ride today. We appreciate it. Uh, we do appreciate the fact that you share this with friends and family and anybody else. If you just post it up there, Hey, listening to Liferadio.fm, I would love it. Right. Okay. So Mark, we have talked a lot about Florida, mainly because of the Disney excursion, but there is other stuff in Florida, including a tiger attack. (laughs) Yeah. A nurse at Lee Memorial hospital who treated the, the Florida man who stuck his arm into a tiger enclosure at Naples zoo a couple of weeks ago. That story (laughs) went all over the place. Yeah. She's saying she smelled alcohol on the guy when he was treated for a gruesome arm injury. I know. Shocker. According to documents, uh, River Rosenquist, 26, refused to speak to deputies following the attack that nearly caused his arm to be amputated. Rosenquist was part of the crew of cleaners 
contracted to clean the administrative areas of the zoo. Documents say he was outside the scope of his duties and that he was not authorized to breach the posted structural safety barrier that held Echo the Tiger. Echo was ultimately killed after being shot by a Collier County deputy in order to rescue Rosenquist. It's unclear if doctors were ultimately able to save his arm, but Rosenquist told an investigator that a surgeon gave him hopes of keeping his hand. Maybe, wow. Maybe in a jar. The, yeah. <laughs> the Collier County Sheriff's Office continues to investigate the case. No wow. word if Rosenquist will face charges. Man. Mark, sometimes, you know, you... you... <laughs> yes? <laughs> it's just, no, I'm not going there. You know, I... There's not a thing I can say to make this better. No, no. Just a reminder, some things look perfectly rational when alcohol is (laughs) involved. One of those things apparently is reaching into the cage of a tiger. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. A little bit ago talking about the... uh, the, (laughs) the, Guy's sticking his head hand into a cage, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, Mark. There are a lot of things in that story, okay? Yes. We didn't gloss over them, but <laughs> was this guy working when he did that? I apparently he was, yeah. yes. And he was drunk. The smell of alcohol. I mean Yes. So we kind of glossed over that he's drunk at work when he sticks his hand in the cage. And then he's <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep it, you know? And all I can remember is I got my tonsils out when I was in second grade, okay? And I asked the doctor, can I keep them, you know? And he said, keep what? And I'm, again, second grade here. Yes. I keep my tonsils. And he said, why? Because they're mine? I mean, <laughs> I want to show them at school. And it sounded rational to me, Mark. Yeah. But yeah. I, I remember explaining this to the doctor that I wanted to take them to school for show and tell. Yeah. Makes sense. And... Yes, it did to me, but not to that old man that cut him. You know, it was like, well, that makes sense to me now. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, that really has bothered me. Well, and when you were talking about this guy's hand being in a jar, you know, to save it, and I thought, you know, <laughs> you well, know. sure, we can save that for you. Sure. Yeah. If you wanted it a jar or a Ziploc bag. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> like, so were you like this before we started working together years ago or is. You know, I think it's slowly developed as I've aged. <laughs> Mark and Mac mornings only on Life Radio FM. Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mac show where I am so thankful that I'm not the only one that thought it was cool in second grade to take my tonsils to school, you know, in a jar, not not like in my throat. Well, I know I've heard of that happening before, yeah. you know. Right. I, I know I've heard of kids. Well, I didn't invent it. There was no way right. I invented it, you, you know? know. You know, I mean, you know, like the, the word says, there is nothing new under the sun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Hey, you can buy this 27-ton FBI mobile command center and I'm going to be honest, Mark, mm. I looked at that and I thought, the Mark and Mac mobile, there we go. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's perfect. It's not often you see specialized vehicles that once belonged to the FBI pop up at a government auction. But if you're interested and you got a, got the cash to spare, you can put a bid in on uh, on it right now. It's a custom 
27-ton command vehicle that the Bureau has retired. It's a modified 2005 Freightliner Argosy. It's been stripped of any sensitive equipment, though. Aww. But still has a huge folding satellite dish at the rear and other distinct Ooh. features that could help turn it into a unique RV or personal command center or remote truck. Hey. Mm. I'm thinking the satellite dish got my attention, but we don't use those anymore. That's so. true. Well, <laughs> you just need a satellite. Actually, all you need is a cell yep. phone signal, right? I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> U.S. General Services Administration is auctioning off this truck, which is presently in Auburn, in uh, Washington State. Appears to have uh, last belonged to the FBI's Seattle field office. It's unclear why the FBI decided to divest, to divest the vehicle, but Freightliner stopped selling the Argosy line in North America in 2006 and ended production of these trucks entirely in 2020. This may have made it increasingly costly and complicated to operate and maintain. Um, of course, the vehicle is also the better part of 20 years old now, so... The Bureau may just have decided it was time to upgrade. The FBI <laughs> has and continues to operate a number of different mobile command vehicles of various sizes and configurations. At the time of this report, the top bid for the vehicle is $28,423. But this wow. doesn't meet the undisclosed reserve price. So you're not there oh, yet. On. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how much it originally cost to acquire the mobile command post, but it's easily it's easy to find listings for secondhand tra uh, tractor truck models in the, of the Argosy that Argosy yeah. line that are tens of thousands of dollars more expensive yeah. than the current top bid on this. But particular Mark, vehicle. think about it. Yeah. Federal, okay, federal government, and which means it's our money. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Whatever number they throw out there, you got to quadruple it. <laughs> That's for starters. That's you how know? much they spent on it, at least. Yeah. Yes. So, I'm mean, thinking. With a $600 toilet seat, you you yeah. know these people, <laughs> these people have got some money in this thing. You know you know what will really be funny is when Jim Baker finds a reason to beg for money for people oh, so he can get this, oh you know. <laughs> Instead of coming to the park, we'll bring the park to you. You know what gets me? This is huge. Hey, did you see the size of it? It's 40, yeah. 42 feet long. It's yep. 13 feet, six inches at its tallest point. And mm -hmm. what that means is that somebody's going to, somebody's going to buy this, convert it into an RV, and you're going to find it stuck under a bridge somewhere in America. <laughs> and you're going to find cousin Eddie standing on the side of the road. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mag show good to have you with us today we do ask if you have a minute to uh, share uh, whether it's social media yelling out the front door doesn't matter to us just say hey listen to life radio <laughs> hey y'all watch this <laughs> you know doesn't matter to us just get it out there <laughs> paint it on the side there of your is former a, uh, fbi surveillance vehicle that you've converted into an <laughs> rv <laughs> i know oh my goodness all right mark we have uh a story that the headline alone okay here here it is crash suspect says dale earnhardt's ghost told him to drive the wrong way <laughs> i know a man. i'm thinking how is this even possible that he wouldn't know what direction to go you know <laughs> go fast turn left come on that's, that's, well he told him to turn left a man accused of intentionally driving the wrong way on las vegas's 215 beltway told the judge that the ghost of nascar driver dale earnhardt senior told him to do it 51 year old daniel Asef faces charges of attempted murder 
driving under the influence and battery with a deadly weapon after vehicle crashes reported January 28th in the area of Lake North Drive and Ford Apache Road near Sahara Avenue in uh, the Las Vegas area. In a court hearing last Tuesday, Asaf told Judge Ann Zimmerman, that Earnhardt's ghost told him to drive the wrong way on the freeway in order to get the mayor's attention and bring NASCAR back to Vegas. Zimmerman, <laughs> Zimmerman noted that Asif wow. reportedly had heroin and methamphetamine in his system at the time of the crashes. Prosec- Say it ain't so, Mark. He didn't have drugs, did he? <laughs> yes, he did. Prosecutors asked for a $200,000 bail for Asif, including alcohol monitoring and a ban <laughs> on driving. The judge wow. set bail at $500,000, which is a lot higher than they asked for, ordering Asif not to drive wow. and calling him a danger to the community. Wow. Earnhardt's wow. been dead for a while. Yeah. He'd passed 2001. Away. Yeah. 2001. He was 49 at the time. Wow. <laughs> and I, you know what? I was actually on a youth trip with my uh, church youth group where I was at New Haven Baptist church and we had gone up to a, a snow uh, skiing thing oh, yeah. that weekend. And, uh, wow, there's so much to that story. I'll have to share sometime, maybe next mm-hmm. week, but, oh, I still, I remember that like it was yesterday, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. I can't believe that, you know, you think about that Earnhardt passing away at the age of 49. Yeah. You know, wow. it's yeah. just so young. I it mean, is. you know, granted he was driving, you know, his last lap of the, uh, the Daytona 500. Uh, when he had the wreck, but mm. you know, when you, the older you get, uh, the, you know, 49, when you're, when you're 20, 49 seems like a, a ripe age, yeah, you know, ancient. Yeah. Yeah. Once you blow past it, it's like, wait, wait a minute, <laughs> that young guy, <laughs> you know, the young guy, Mark, he's like 49. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, yeah. wow, that Ooh. was, that was pretty early. Wow. Yeah. He was only 49 and he didn't weigh 300 pounds. That's, that's a win. <laughs> liferadio.fm the market mag show and you know we do try to say thank you for listening every day i hope yeah. y'all know how much we do appreciate it we joke about stuff but we appreciate it when you share it uh by just saying hey listening to liferadio.fm or listening to the market mag show just you know wherever you do we appreciate it just want to make sure we're clear on this yes um police are searching for a burglar <laughs> who wore a dinosaur onesie <laughs> yeah Okay. I think I think this qualifies as a stupid criminal story. <laughs> you think? I think so. No! Nashville Metro Police are working to identify a man who broke into a vehicle and burglarized a home. Police say the man broke into the vehicle overnight Sunday on Bowling Avenue and then burglarized a home on Richland Avenue. He was wearing what appears to be a blue and yellow dinosaur onesie. A woman was walking her dog Sunday morning when she noticed the garage door and other doors at the Richmond Avenue home were open. The woman then called the cops as the residents of the home were out of town. Officers Ah. were later made aware of the vehicle break-in on Bowling Avenue. Uh Dinosaur onesie. Because when you're trying to hide, you know, know. you know, if that's the best thing you've got, if that's all they had, you're at the wrong place. Just saying. I don't know. He may not qualify as a stupid criminal now that I think about it because yeah. he's not going to wear this ever again, right? It's not like he's going to go out and go to the, you know, to the local Dixie Mart and the dinosaur onesie <laughs> to pick up his, you know, his stuff, yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm just wondering if it was new or used. <laughs> yeah. 
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show, and we appreciate uh, the fact that you tolerate us. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> some days been, more than others. We've been married a long time to uh, yeah, to our wives, yeah. so we 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 see the signs. We understand what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> I can hear you rolling your eyes now. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was kind of into Elvis over the weekend, Mark. Where you know? Yeah, you have that where, yeah, it's just all of a sudden for no reason, mm-hmm. nothing prompts it, but it's like, I, for, and I, I did. And it was one of those things where I got kind of down this path with Chip's moment. Um, he ran a studio in Memphis back in the sixties. He was part of the Stax Volt Memphis sound okay. and then left over a financial issue instead of, I think it was called American sound or whatever. Hmm. But anyway, it was one of those times where, like I said, I had like a 30 minute window of nothing. Okay. And I, this just fell in my lap and I, you know, being uh, a radio person, I mean, we read a lot of stuff about the history of music, rock and roll, whatever. Yeah. And I, there was a story about that. I had never heard before ever. And so that got me digging and I'm like, wow, there was a, a brief moment in time, you know, when Elvis, after the movies, you know, had pretty much ruined his career. He did the comeback special on TV. Remember? Yeah. Now, Mark, were you, were you actually alive? Did you watch that when it happened or were you too young? Uh, I was probably too young, but that was 68, yeah. okay. right? So yeah, 68. Comeback I would I would have been nine years old. So I, not that okay. I was too young. It's just pfft, not in my interests. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, when, when they were going to do that comeback special, uh, it was, Elvis was done with the movies. Okay. By the way, do you know that not one Elvis movie lost money? Not wow. one. They all made money. Yeah. I got to tell you that in itself, when you look at those movies now mm-hmm. and you shake your yeah. head and go, wow, can you believe they made this? You know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And yet they all made money. Yes. <laughs> and you know, but he hit that wall and it was, the movies were horrible and he knew it. He didn't like them. He hadn't really recorded any music, you know, other than for the movies. And, um, I think the only thing he he actually only like recorded one song that wasn't for a movie and it was, you'll never walk alone. Yeah. And, uh, he, he did that in 67, you know, just because he wanted to, he's copying his uh, musical hero, Roy Hamilton. Right. Anyway. So when they're getting ready to do the TV special, it's the Colonel Parker. He, he has his game plan for Elvis and he, he's going to do a Christmas special. He hadn't been on TV since 1960. Okay. Yeah. So he, he meets with, uh, I think the guy's name was Steve Bender, whatever. And he says, uh, we're going to do an Elvis special. Um, here's how it's going to work. Elvis is going to come out on stage. He's going to sing 20 Christmas songs and then we're going to roll credits. There you go. There's mm-hmm. your special Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And, um, obviously that's not what Elvis really wanted to do or this director. And so they put together this whole thing. And, uh, anyway, it became, uh, a moment of, you know, watching a person refine themselves as an artist. And, uh, Elvis as a believer, uh, you know, no matter what, no matter what documentary you watch or book you read, there is going to be something in there about Elvis and his faith. And I think sometimes it gets, uh, buried under, uh, you know, mashed potatoes and gravy and peanut butter sandwiches and stuff like that. Right. There is a lot there about him and faith and seeking truth. But anyway, there was uh, a moment because I wasn't old enough to watch that special and mm. to be honest with you by the time i was old enough to care about music elvis was a caricature he was a cartoon yeah you know 
Elvis in 1977, before he passed away, was the first Elvis impersonator, you know? Yeah. He was not. He was a shadow. He was, shell. Yeah. And so anyway, I had a chance. I'm watching this show with just a different eye, and it was like, wow. That was, it was pretty amazing, you know, yeah. of, of what he was capable of. And uh, in this documentary that I was watching, uh, and it was on YouTube, it was free, and uh, it was done by the BBC. And it was juxta it was it had a at the very beginning it was showing him a couple of weeks before he passed away hmm. um in north dakota and he's on stage and he's bloated and he's you know you can tell something is really wrong right yeah and it he says i'm gonna play a song for you but i gotta sit at the piano and it, it's gonna take me a minute to get there you know? i'm not kidding <laughs> oh, and so man. i'm not kidding that's not a joke he actually said that yeah. and it did take him a little while to get over to the piano and get everything. Cause he was not in his dry mind, right. but anyway, so they show this and he starts playing and singing. And then it, you go through the whole documentary. And then at the end, it actually has him singing the song on stage where, you know, this is a guy who's going to die in a few weeks, right? His voice. It was like, no matter how bad things mm. were, he I'm, I'm listening to that going. That's like an opera guy. You know, it was just, the talent that yeah. was still there, yeah. his drug-addled condition at 42. And anyway, I think sometimes we have preconceived notions about people, about things, and we think we know the whole story, but we don't. And if we only took the time to look, we might find there's something really awesome below. And I think sometimes it's like that in our faith walk. People see us as a quote-unquote religious person. And they see us, and if they're not so inclined or they have had a bad example of what a Christian is, we are to them Elvis 1977. But if we will open our heart and share, they will see Elvis 68, you know? Mm. They will see what the truth truly is. We can share it with them, and they will be just as excited as we are if we're excited. And if we're not excited, time to check our heart at the door. Mm. Anyway. I just kind of thought about that, you know, of how, how often, you know, we get critical of one another in the church and we look yeah, at things happening yeah. in the world and we, we forget that this is just a, this is a very short window here. Yeah. Very short. And, uh, you know, when everything's said and done, we stand before the one who created everything, mm. given an account. Yeah. Could be a tough day, you know, could be. And so I just, like I said, I just thought, how many times have I been the bad example, you know, mm. of what I claim to be uh, and what's important. But anyway, watching that and seeing it was, you know, for for me, Elvis was always fat Elvis, you know, the yeah. the jumpsuit and yeah. the, uh, you know. But you watch that 68 special, that comeback special, and you yeah. understand Ooh, why yeah. the man was a star. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. the other documentary, which Disney now owns, it's called Elvis 56. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. You, you that look at that. Talks that's up. the one. That you'll you watch yeah. that when you'll understand why he caught on like wildfire. Oh yeah. 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 Big time. Life Radio FM. Ye old Mark and Max show. Woohoo! <laughs> Ye old. Uh oh, what was that? Uh-oh. It was it was the wrong button. <laughs> Mark has gone and left the building. <laughs> I just I was All going right. for that ah, and, and hit that yeah and, uh-huh. that freaked me out nope wrong one uh-huh. hey man an alleged truck thief yes okay alleged now i know we always have to add that alleged thing right, yeah. but 
you know, doesn't that seem silly when, you know, they, anyhow, alleged truck thieves, plural, mm-hmm. uh, did something that only a stupid criminal would do. Oh, stupid criminals. No. Authorities in Catoosa County, Georgia, arrested alleged truck thieves, there's that word, uh-huh. who inadvertently gave investigators a big break. A post on the Catoosa County Sheriff's Office Facebook page says a Chevy Silverado pickup truck was stolen on Sunday. The driver of the pickup left his cell phone in the truck, and investigators say the alleged thieves used that phone to take selfies. Of course they did. The photos are believed to have been taken while the thieves were driving the stolen truck. Additional photos appear to have also been taken at another location. The alleged thieves apparently were unaware that the photos would automatically upload to the driver's Google account. Wow. Authorities say the suspects, who are juveniles, were arrested while in a different stolen truck on Monday. Wow. They still haven't found the original stolen truck. These kids... Kind of seem like overachievers, man. <laughs> got m- multiple trucks. We got, you know. <laughs> but they're still stupid criminals because they've got the guy's phone oh, yeah. and they're taking selfies with it. <laughs> Why do you bother with the mask if you're going to do this? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And Mark sends me notes uh, for the show. I'll mm-hmm. get it later on today for tomorrow. But, um, this one, the way it showed up on my screen when I pulled it up earlier, Mark. Yeah. I thought it said when Mars attacks. You know that movie? Yeah. came out back in the day. Oh. <laughs> and it's a news attack, but it's four things you didn't know yesterday. Right. And I'm like, okay, but if I know them now, I mean, will I be able to play this game tomorrow? And who could I play it on? So <laughs> it got me really going down a weird path where Mars attacks actually sounds better than news attack headline, you know? <laughs> yes. So. Anyway, what are these four amazing things, Mark, that I did not know yesterday? I bet you didn't know there's a Boeing 727 cargo plane used only for horse transportation that has been nicknamed Air Horse One. (laughs) I did not know. I I did not know that. I bet you didn't know that as of 2019, only 54% of Americans accept the theory of evolution. Wow. Wow. No, didn't know that. I didn't either. I think that's a shock. Wow. That's a lot lower than I thought it would be. Wow. A lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. You probably knew this. In golf, finishing four strokes under par on a single hole is called a condor. Didn't know that. Hmm. I mean, because you got to, if you go four under par, that means that it's a par five and you got a hole in one on you, a par five. You aced it. Yeah. Yeah, which means you would have to hit like John Daly. I mean, <laughs> oh yes, or those com- that thing those, those competitive driving championship guys who can hit for distance yeah. but not accuracy. Yes. right. <laughs> yeah, that's about what you got. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, there are only twenty five blimps in the whole world. Yep. Now I knew that. I believe did not, it or not. I did not know that. Yeah, I knew it because of the uh, guy that did uh, Backstreet Boys and um, oh. Uh, in sync yeah um there's a uh, a documentary about him and how he ripped them all off you know um oh and his name's escaping me right now he passed away a couple of years ago um but he was all about blimps and things like that oh. um but he ripped them all off you know he created the whole boy band thing in the late 90s mid to late 90s and mm-hmm. uh anyway so yeah i knew that about the blimps which shocked me when i was watching the uh i'm like really that's yeah, kind of crazy. You you think there'd be a bunch of them? Yeah, 
you would think, I mean, you, you think about blimps. Oh yeah. The Goodyear blimp. You see them everywhere. Yeah. Well, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I, I think we can actually combine the next thing on our list with the one we're doing now because it's, yeah. it's you know, um, and finally, I'll say, I said finally before, finally, a study says the first animal likely to have appeared on earth that if you're one of the 56% who believes in the theory of evolution yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> was the sea sponge. Well, SpongeBob. Yes. <laughs> he was the first. How about that? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Life radio FM, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, we haven't really talked much about the dogs today, mm-hmm. which probably was a good thing because I just hexed our whole day now. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but a woman plans to name her son after her dead dog. This is just and weird. I'm telling you, man, couldn't you come up with a just a different story to tell? And why would you put this out there for everybody to pick it apart and go, wait a minute, are you friends with Joe Rogan? <laughs> this, this is nutty, Mark. It's just nutty. It is nutty, but it's it's not the first time I've heard of this happening. I, oh, okay. You know, um, Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter guy uh-huh yeah his his daughter and his son are now carrying on his tradition they've got you know and his wife they've got the uh-huh. the, the show on tv right right his daughter bindi sue is named after his favorite dog oh yikes yeah i thought it was after his favorite song no Peggy sue no it was he i remember way back when it happened he said this we haven't we have a little girl mate and <laughs> name it a bindi sue that's a great dog and I'm like, oh. you're naming your kid after your wow. dog? Wow. <laughs> While some people name their baby after a loved one, their favorite artist, art, author, or fictional character, one woman has asked whether it would be weird to name her newborn after a beloved pet who passed away. The anonymous mom-to-be explained that her dog sadly passed away of cancer two years ago. She misses him dearly. Talking to the Baby Setter Forum online, she said, So the only boy name that we can all agree on is Charlie. I love the name. That's why I named our Beagle Charlie 12 years ago. He developed cancer, and we finally had to have him put to rest about two years ago. But wow. she admits she's worried people will think it's odd. Uh, she says, Is it wrong to name our baby if it's a boy, Charlie? Will the baby hate us for naming him after the dog? I'm sure somewhere down the line, someone will mention or would mention that our dog was named Charlie. If nothing else, we have lots of pictures of him and some with our son, Joey. Even if J- even Joey knows who Charlie is. Oh, you can count on Joey telling his brother, you know, you're named after the dog. Here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlie, Charlie. Come on, Charlie. That's exactly Come on. right. When they call you for dinner, yep. they're calling the dog, you know. Uh, fellow parents were quick to share their thoughts on the name, with many reassuring her that there's nothing wrong with it. One said, just don't tell him he's named after the dog if you're worried. There you go. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Another one said, a little odd to me, if you want honesty. Would it be confusing for your son to have a brother with the same name as his deceased dog? The psychologist, the psychologist in me worries. Wow. <laughs> I'm still thinking, yeah, big brother's going to tell him, you know. <laughs> He's going to know. I'm thinking parents this dumb should not reproduce. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the Mark and Mag show. <laughs> I don't even have to play this. <laughs> no! <laughs> Stein. David Hughesby graduated high school. Wait a minute. Yes. Hold on a minute. Stein 
Avid. Oh, it's Hughes. Arvid. It's Arvid. I'm sorry. Arvid. Stein Arvid what? Hughesby. Yeah. Oh, no. I was just thinking, hey, you got the whole thing there. Good for you. <laughs> if you got the three you know, names, it's like, you know that somebody yes. didn't ask the internet for help on naming him. <laughs> and, you know, with three... Yeah, no chances are we got a felony. That's right. If I, we, we know, if we know all three of your names, you've been convicted of something. Yes, Stein or charged, you know, charged, charged with something. Yes, yeah. yeah. Stein Arvid Hughesby graduated high school at the age of twenty-four. Ooh, this was a, yeah, this was a bit late because he had yeah. by this point spent a few years in prison for a variety mm. of offenses, most of which involved him pointing a gun at people. Now wow. he had a bone to pick with the nation about the way they treated ex-cons. <laughs> oh, and no, Mark. he figured the best way to get an audience to air his grievances was to point a gun at people. Hey, it worked for him in the past, Mark. Yeah. And when you got something that works, just stick just with it. Just go with it, yes. The very day after his graduation, he bought a gun. And then he boarded a flight to Oslo. This is all happening in Norway. No one spotted the gun in security because there was no security. This was back in 1985. And uh, though the f world was gradually shifting to checking passengers for weapons, Norway had yet to see a single hijacking. If someone did hijack a plane and divert it to somewhere new, that would waste a few hours of everyone's time. But checking every single passenger on every single flight for weapons might waste even more time. In the air, Husby pulled his gun on a stewardess. He ordered the plane to land in Oslo as planned, revealing he had an objective in mind beyond reaching a new destination. He was keeping the 120 people on the plane hostage, he said, both with his gun and with explosives he'd planted in the restrooms. Hmm. He was lying about the explosives. Yeah. His demands, he wanted an audience with the prime minister the Minister of Justice, and the press to talk about how society deals with people after releasing them from prison. Possibly committing new crimes wasn't the best way to engender public sympathy towards his cause, but Husby didn't think about that. Possibly this was because he was drunk. He drank beer during the flight. No. And, and with the plane now grounded and him in control of the aircraft, he also had full control over the plane's remaining beer supply. <laughs> he drank all of it while police on the ground negotiated with him. Wow. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> it's a stupid criminal flashback. That's it. See you tomorrow. Bye. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on liferadio.fm.